You're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier, one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. Today I am interviewing the brilliant Dr. Erin Bow. It is such an honor to have Erin on today. I'm going to give you a bit of an idea on why you're so lucky to be hearing this episode. So here's a little rundown on Erin, her work and her qualifications. Erin has a PhD in clinical psychology. She's a member of PANDA, which in case you don't know, is the Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia organization. She's a transformation coach and counselor. Erin is changing the industry as far as birth trauma goes with her courses for parents, courses for birth workers, debriefing, counseling, and her podcast for birth workers as well. I am super honored to be talking to her as this is an area that I totally think needs 100% more focus and is absolutely still not talked about enough, I feel. So you guys are super, super lucky to be hearing what she has to say today. First things first, Welcome, Erin, and thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. That was such a lovely, enthusiastic... It's nice hearing about yourself. (laughs) She's like, is that me? Is she introducing me? I know. Because that person's really clever. (laughs) That person's so clever. No, oh, you're welcome. No, I have been admiring your work from afar for a long time, so I'm super excited. We are going to get so into this, we're probably going to want to talk for hours rather than the normal 20 to 30 minute format. I'm going to have to jump straight into it and drill because we're just going to keep talking, I can imagine. So for people listening in, birth trauma is so often a terminology that confuses women and they wonder if they've had birth trauma or not, or what is birth trauma. It's one of those terms that often I know new mums kind of are a bit unsure about. How do you define birth trauma for a new mum? Mm. For me, it's as simple as if someone thinks that fits for them, then it's true. It's totally in the eye of the beholder. So when talking about trauma, there's objective factors and as in there's a list of things we can go down and go tick, tick, tick. But for me, I'm far more interested in the subjective factors. So how do you feel? What do you think? What was your experience? It's almost like you need to drown out the noise of everybody else who is in the room or everyone who's got an opinion and just eagle eye focus in on you and what do you think and what do you feel? So with that, of course, there are, I suppose, what I like to refer to as big T trauma. So that's post-traumatic stress disorder, so an actual diagnosable thing, if you like. Or then there's like maybe what you might call little T trauma, as in you might have some of the symptoms, you might have some of the experiences, but it generally only stays with you for a few weeks, maybe a couple of months tops. You don't fit the full diagnosis and it sort of gets better like within a few weeks or so. With big T trauma, post-traumatic stress, it's a constant companion. It's with you all the time. You could be 99 years old and it still hasn't left you the memory of your birth. So that's a kind of sometimes helpful distinction for people. You just think about it like, on a big continuum, you might be up the kind of milder end, you've got a few symptoms and niggles and things happening and then it generally starts to get better. 
or if after about six weeks, couple of months, it's definitely not getting better, there's no relief in it whatsoever, you've probably more likely got big T trauma. I love the way you describe the fact that birth, if you think you've had a traumatic birth or you feel that your birth was, you know, it was, tra- was brought on trauma for you, then you have birth trauma. I think a lot of women that, you know, have a birth where they think they are quite traumatized by, but then they've got all these people around them telling them there's worse stories, you know, I'm doing that with my yeah. italic fingers, um, as speech travels in the air, they feel that it's, well, mine wasn't that bad. So I mustn't have birth trauma. I should stop thinking about it rather than acknowledging the fact, like you say, that how it affects them relates to whether it's birth trauma or not. If they think they've got it, they probably do on some end of the continuum or scale. Exactly. So it comes about, you know, you as the person who has gone through it, yeah. you and nobody else, nobody else's opinion. And sometimes that could even extend to health professionals in their yeah. opinion. You know, they're not there. They're not the one who went through it. It's not their experience. It's just, as I said, eagle eye focus on you. What do you think? What do you feel? And exactly like you say, even health professionals, they often, we have like as a health professional myself, I know there's almost like a tick box or there's a criteria that people fit into and so forth, but you will never know what's going on in someone's head and you will only ever know the picture that they paint to you when they explain it. What else is going on behind the scenes is potentially so much more and so much more traumatic. But, you know, as you go through your checklist, potentially, are you picking up what's really underlying and going on as a health worker, which is where people like you step in to actually kind of draw out what needs to be done it often gives women that extra person who can kind of, they know is trying to drill down onto how they really feel. So it's not really even about the medical side of it or anything like that. It's how it's now affecting them, like you mentioned. Hmm. So yeah. that's oh, so, 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 so important to keep in mind for mums listening. With regards to like, you've obviously done a lot of research in this area. What are the main events? I know it's probably could be, again, lots of things, but what are some of the main things that um, you find cause birth, birth trauma for women that they talk to you about? So the interesting thing with that, I suppose, is even in the phrase. So trauma is not in the event. It's in how you thought about it, how you felt about it. So from that perspective, you could on paper, again, if we go back to the objective factors, you could look at physical injury, you could look at intervention, you could look at all the kind of things that people usually nod along and go, oh, yep, I can see why that would be traumatic. But you could also on paper have someone who looks like she had a fairly run-of-the-mill, uneventful event. And just like, as you said, you don't know what's going on in that person's head. So Less about the event, more about the nervous system response to it because that's what trauma is. It's a nervous system response. It's not a personal failing or something that happened because of something that you did or didn't do or something else that someone did or didn't do. It just comes down to that nervous system response and absolutely nobody is immune to it. There are definitely some people who are a little bit more susceptible But they're things that kind of like make common sense. So things I suppose like when you have had an injury, when there has been that real threat to life, emergency, babies in NICU, you know, surgery, all that kind of stuff, those people are a little bit more susceptible and that sort of, you know, makes sense. But then there's all the invisible things like previous trauma that other people may or may not be aware of that someone, you know, birthing might even think 
I've got a grip on this. So it's not relevant. Birth is just, I always think birth is one of those really interesting events where because you're so open physically, emotionally, spiritually, you're very, very vulnerable and you never quite know what's going to come out in that vulnerable state and what can upset the ecosystem, if you like. So even if everything textbook is, you know, this is the ideal birth, trauma can still happen. So this is the thing to kind of, I suppose, really cement in your mind that it's more that what did your nervous system do at the time in order to protect you from everything else that was going on outside of what did it look like to other people or how does it sound when you describe it, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, Absolutely, because I think that's what gets potentially stops new mums from actually speaking out and getting help is because exactly that, how when they do say it out loud or when other people hear about their birth story, you know, because every new mum tells their birth story a hundred times because everyone asks, if other people don't respond that it was, you know, they think it sounded traumatic or it went pear-shaped or anything like that. Often, like you say, there's a lot of internal stuff going on that that might keep them from potentially getting the help they need early on because it doesn't sound outwardly like it would have been, you know, like your, your typical traumatic birth as most people would think of it. I do, with regards to what you mentioned too about being vulnerable and a lot of things come out in birth that people thought they have a handle on, that is something that I have seen so many times. And even when I've been working with women who I have worked with, like continuity of care through the whole pregnancy, things that I've had no idea about. And I would have never any indication that there had anything had gone on. And then in that birth space, that vulnerability and then openness to see people react and to bring out things that have caused trauma in the past is like, wow, you know, these are things that have been so deep that they may have thought they'd push them to the side and got a handle on them. But birth absolutely makes everyone, every woman, whether your birth's two hours long or 20 hours long, just so vulnerable and open. And you just never, like you say, you never know what will come out when you're in that space. Mm. And I suppose the beautiful flip side of that, which is the thing I'm always kind of like, you know, (laughs) out in the distance, always working towards is the, with that can sometimes come the strength, like the strength. Oh, absolutely. No you had even if you're reflecting on it now as people are listening to that going well I don't think I seemed very strong I've don't this failed that failed sometimes that takes a shift to actually look at it through a different perspective I suppose later on that does not come overnight but that's one of the amazing things that can come out of trauma is that you actually learn to look at yourself in a different way and go wow actually I was really really strong oh absolutely now yeah (laughs) but the possibility the possibility is there Absolutely. No, it's amazing what, I mean, human beings in general can do, but especially mothers and the whole birthing landscape and becoming a mother and changing the person that you are and how that that evolves over the course of that journey. It's just an amazing process for everyone to go through and build on as well. Um, Mm. As far as advice, and this is probably like opening up a five-hour conversation that we're going to try and knuckle (laughs) down on. There'll be people listening to this that potentially have flags going off inside themselves thinking, okay, I haven't dealt with something or I probably should put my hand up or this sounds like me. As far as advice on dealing with this, what do you want new mums who have experienced a birth trauma, what would you, like in a nutshell, want them to know? Hmm. I think the number one thing, if I think about myself and I think about everyone I've ever worked with, validation is possibly the most single important thing that you can give to yourself or that you can give to a new mother is validation that however she feels, whatever she thinks, 
whatever her experience, however she's just describing it, is exactly how it is. So validation, validation, validation without the need to because humans are very, we're very wired to categorise and label and like put things into categories and do all of that. Problem solve, say something useful when really often all anyone needs is just, okay, that was your experience, like something really validating. And if you can't get that from other people, you've got to do it for yourself. So it's a tough situation to be in because a lot of people that I've worked with have really had zero to no people in their life who have even sat down and gone, hey, I'm here. Whatever you felt is what you felt and that's perfectly valid. So learning to do that for yourself, super, super, super important. Mm -hmm. And I think if we go for a second one, understanding again, as I said it before, but I'll say it again because it cements it a bit more. This is a nervous system event. It doesn't discriminate. Okay, trauma did not happen because you weren't in a good mood that day or because you didn't get enough sleep or because you didn't do that hit in a birthing class or because, you know, because, 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 because. It happens because your nervous system is trying to protect you from something that is happening too fast, too soon, and there's too much of it. But the thing about that is once you understand what your nervous system is doing and how to work with it instead of work against it, This is actually quite manageable. And again, even though you might not be able to see it now, there is a future version of you that is going to look back and go, I can't believe I did that. Like, I wish it didn't happen. Like, I often think about this with my own births. It's not so much I'm like, oh, well, this had to happen in order for me to blah, blah, blah. I wish it didn't happen. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I didn't want to sign up to be an expert in birth trauma. But if it wasn't this, it would be something else, some other traumatic event in my life. And it's that getting to that place where you can actually see no, I was actually really, really strong. So that takes some work on understanding, as I said, your nervous system, what it's doing, how to work with it against it. Eventually, like this is something we should be teaching in school, but we're not. (laughs) But know that it is actually very, 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 very manageable. I love those because both points They're simple to understand those two key things that you can work towards, not potentially simple to implement and change overnight, but they're pieces of advice that someone listening can understand and take on exactly what you're referring to. And you're so right. It doesn't discriminate. So it doesn't matter what your situation is or where you've come from or so forth. Trauma itself doesn't discriminate. So everyone is vulnerable to having some kind of trauma. So I really like those two key tips. And also, this whole we parent and mother potentially in such isolation a lot of times these days, even if not physical isolation, like emotional and mental isolation without, we don't have these big villages and all the support networks. And I talk about it a lot in lots of my episodes that the whole landscape of motherhood has changed. And I think that obviously, I mean, with regards to this too, having someone close enough to you to sit down and like you say, and validate everything that you feel with regards to your birth. And if you think it was traumatic and having someone listening to you and just saying, acknowledging like exactly like you said, that this is how it is and this how it was, how it was for you. And, you know, let's, how, what do you want me to, how do you want me to support you through that? And often without those really close connections, the amount of people able to do that is just a smaller and smaller and smaller group. And I think people probably find potentially struggle sometimes too to have that person that would actually do that for them in this day and age of parenting. Mm, Yeah. And I think that's part of the beautiful next 
step of that is that when you start working on some of these things, you get to be that person. You get to be that person to spread the dandelion seeds, so to speak, and teach it to your children. And then they'll teach it to their friends. And then you can teach it to coworkers. Like stuff that seems it should be common sense, but isn't common sense because we've focused on other things at school as well. But I think just the fundamentals in how to cope now more than ever are going to be so, 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 so important. And we get to be part of that to teach the next generation. Absolutely. I think we're learning. We're always learning, but I feel like we're in a space at the moment too that there's so much more you can learn and you can do to try and grow and learn than there was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. There wasn't podcasts and the internet wasn't the space and you couldn't do online courses and, you know, you couldn't do all these things. Whereas now we're Mm. in this really fortunate spot with if you want to try and educate yourself and learn more and grow more and then spread the word on to other people and try and help others. We are in a more fortunate space to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So much information. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely. A lot of questions I get from people and I have have it from not just women I look after, but also people who listen to my podcast and I get messages all the time with different questions. And something that has come up quite frequently is when people are about to have a subsequent baby after a traumatic birth or even getting pregnant again after having suffering birth trauma. And that I find that people can be quite genuinely and overwhelmingly quite terrifying almost. And the Mm. thought of having to they want to have another baby, but the thought of what if it happens again or how am I going to cope with it? So when it comes to um, advice with regards to what people should do to prepare or what they should be, you know, doing with regards to having future pregnancies, what do you advice do you give on that? Mm. So if you did nothing else and you just did this one thing, like I'm not saying there's like one thing that will help at all, but I think this is what I found to be helpful and true for both parents, but also birth workers who've ever been in a situation where something has been traumatic and it's very easy like for your brain to slip into the, oh, I've seen this tree before (laughs) kind of thing. As a midwife, I can say absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So part of that is like just going back to the understanding how to work with your brain and your nervous system, it's teaching your brain that you're back in the present. So I often teach people just this, you could call it a mantra, an affirmation, a coping statement, whatever it might be, but it's simply repeating different day, different birth, different baby, different outcome. And if you got into the mindset of practicing that, so what it's doing is taking your brain out of what we call trauma time so drifting back into the past like watching that movie on repeat and going hang on now we're back in year 2020 so I might add that into it too going it's whatever month it is it's the year 2020 I'm in my house different day different baby different pregnancy different outcome because you're not promising yourself that it will be better because some people struggle with that, struggle with the kind of positive birth, like just be positive stuff, particularly if you've had a really rough time, that can be hard. But if you just focus on that different, it will be different. <laughs> like guarantee you're not going to give birth to the same baby again. So as far as we know. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen in the future? Who knows? Who knows? But focusing on something that you can actually get behind, this is the thing with coping statements, affirmations, whatever you want to call them. You have to be able to get behind it. And in my brain, my body, my nervous system actually believes this. And that's usually something that people kind of get behind. As I say, this different day, different birth, different outcome. It's an opportunity again 
to figure out, okay, what were the unmet needs last time? Was it that you didn't have enough information about your rights, for example? Was it that, you know, your care provider wasn't a good fit? Was it that you didn't have enough time to make decisions? Was it like figure out what the unmet needs were and see how you might get them better met this time? For some people that means, yeah, changing providers, changing hospitals, changing the way that they birth, changing intervention, changing like anything that feels like it's going to help cement for your brain, this is a different event and a different baby and a different outcome, that'll help. So working through some of those unmet needs and obviously like where there are real stuck points where it doesn't matter how many times I say that to myself, I'm still having like visions of the previous birth and I'm still getting terrified. That's sort of the part where I would say, yeah, remember back to the big T trauma. Some of these experiences are really difficult to navigate just by yourself. And it's as simple as, if you see it as, again, not a personal failing, but like a lack of skills or a skills that hasn't been met yet that you can get help with, just as you would, you know, if you broke a bone, would you try and set it yourself? I hope not, although sometimes nurses <laughs> listening. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes medical people are like, well, I would. Or if you didn't know how to drive, would you just get in the car and try and figure out how to do it yourself? So anyone who gets where they want to be or who seems to be somewhere that you would like to be has done that with help. So whether that is going and doing a childbirth education class with someone who has experience in helping people through traumatic birth, whether it is going and seeing someone like me, a psychologist, a coach, just getting the extra bit of what you need to help those memories become unstuck, learning some more breathing techniques, learning, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be different for everybody. If you look at it, like what were my unmet needs rather than like, well, what went wrong? Oh that my might gosh, be a I love distinction. That's so true. I have to warn you, your um, different day, different pregnancy, different baby, different outcome. Is that the, is it the right order? Because I oh. feel like I'm going to be quoting this to every woman I look after coming up because I feel like that's going to be my new mantra. So I'm going to be quoting, have you heard of Dr. <laughs> Dr. Erin at all? <laughs> that is absolutely, it's like a straightforward, simple affirmation, but what it's telling your body and your brain is absolutely what you need to be focusing on. So I think that, yeah, that needs to be like on everyone's, if they have a vision board for birth or anything, or even for life, they need, <laughs> they need yeah. to have that on there. Even if you haven't had a traumatic birth, because of that deep, deep muscle memory for when you have given birth before, sometimes, you know, even just through birth, I remember using this the second time because I kind of, you have all that like, oh, hang on, shouldn't I be further than this by now? Oh, hang on, shouldn't have this happened by now? Hang on, is this about to happen? So just getting yourself in the mindset of, yep, this is different because your brain will go back to, oh, yeah, I've seen this through before. I know what we're doing. It's like, no, 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 no. Go back to the present. Go back to what we're doing. It can be really helpful. I totally, I mean, I know for me, like from my own firsthand experience, my fourth birth was I had done calm birth, whereas the first three, I hadn't done anything like that. My fourth one, I had done calm birth and it was an induction, same as the other three, absolutely different because my mind was in a totally different place. And mm -hmm. even though people often said, maybe it's because it was your fourth and it was faster and so forth. My mind was completely different to my mind mm -hmm. for the previous three pregnancies, only because of how I was you know, talking to myself from the work I'd done through doing a calm birth course. So it's a mate, the power of the mind is amazing if you can 
I don't say use it for good, not evil. Um, if you can try and, you know, try and get it on your side with yeah. positivity rather than negativity and dark thoughts that are making it feel worse. So I can absolutely imagine how helpful that would be for someone having had, you know, a traumatic experience to focus on those affirmations of that it's different. It's a different baby. It's a, you know, it's a different time in your life. You're not going to have exactly the same situation again. Mm. It's something that you can, even if you're the most hard to convince of, <laughs> like that anything is ever going to be different. And I've always had those clients do. As I said, if you stick to something that you can actually get behind, so you're not forcing yourself to meet a belief that you don't really believe because that doesn't work. But if you just stick to the facts, like it will be different. Most people can manage that, I reckon. Absolutely. Because like I, when you mentioned before about not trying to sell yourself on the positivity, it's going to be great because a lot of times that things may still not go 100% as you plan them for, but they will be different. So you're not, I think getting people convinced that, convince yourself this birth's going to be fast and it's going to be natural and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be quick and all that stuff. A lot of people won't get behind that because potentially that's not what's going to happen anyway. But getting behind the fact that it's going to be a different experience hmm. is something exactly like you said, that it's a lot easier to really get into and buy into and believe as well. Hmm. So, oh, I love it. I, like I say, you're going to watch me everywhere. I'm going to be quoting you. <laughs> Good. Whenever That's I talk to you, I'm going to be quoting you. Um, <laughs> I may even put a quote on my Instagram page today. Just keep an eye out. <laughs> so there is, obviously we've talked a lot about a whole lot of things so far already, but there is so much we can be doing to help these mums, like going forward in this space. With your work, what is your aim? Again, a massive question that we're going to try and mm. um, simplify down. What is your aim with the work in this area that you're trying to do for these new mums? For me, it's changing the birth outcomes. So it's all the like looking at the statistics and changing that. One in three is the current stat for who has a traumatic birth, which is way, way, way too high. Is it one? Stats, in, I didn't even know it was yeah, one in three. three. I didn't realise it was that high at the moment. I thought it's, we would be doing better than that, to be honest, but that's really quite sad. It depends how you measure it. It depends who's collecting the data. It depends what you mean by trauma. It's a very psychologist thing to say. It depends on the degree to which, but that's where we're at with the stats and the stats for birth workers in general who are struggling with vicarious trauma and all that kind of stuff is quite high too. So reducing that. But part of, I suppose, for me, what I always want to go back to is the growth and the strength finding. So yes, do we need to change birthing outcomes? Do we need to change hospital policies? Do we need to change birthing culture? Yes, we need to do all of that. But alongside of that, we need women to realise that they're not broken and that they are actually really strong and that this event has such potential to show you a different version of yourself that you never knew existed. And so I think for, I suppose, women in their families and everybody who's kind of in their bubble, I think the validating but also like building people up, it's not so much of the, oh, poor you, that this happened to you. There's room for that. But I really would like to see a lot more of the like, girl, you're as strong as hell. You did that. That was amazing. Like just building people up so that they can see, again, that they're not broken, but this amazing, amazing, amazing potential for growth, if and when you're ready to get to it. That's the kind of stuff I'm interested in, like the phoenix rising out of the ashes, kind of, so to speak, to go, right, okay, what has this taught me that I didn't know about myself that I otherwise wouldn't even have considered thinking about? I mean, for me, like I said to you before, 
in no space time continuum did I ever think, oh, I'll have two traumatic births and then I'll go on and pretty much change my entire career focus in order to do this. And I definitely don't sit there and they're like, oh, well, that had to happen and this, like all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I just think, okay, that helps some people, but I'm not a big fan of the, well, you had to go through this in order to, no, I prefer I didn't. However, this is what it is. And my pragmatism led me to, okay, well, there's an opportunity here. So it rests with me to kind of, if I can teach people through it, if I can guide them through it, that's what I'll do where there's an ability, there's a responsibility. I love that because like you say, you if you could change things, you wouldn't have had two traumatic births. But what you've done with it is that whole, exactly what you're talking about, that phoenix you know, rising from the ashes, that what you've done with it is you've gone with it and you're now changing this outcomes and situations, not just for new mums, but also for birth workers. So, you know, it's one of those amazing things that your strength has come from your traumatic births as well, but just in a different way, you're using that power that you've now gained. Mm. So no, that's, um, you're a walking example of what you're doing with helping new mums with is basically what you've done yourself, which is now in turn, the payoff of that is changing the course of how these mums that have been affected, how their, their, their situation goes and how they rise up from it. Mm, it's sliding doors like it really is. I think you can take any birth and you kind of go, mm, if we tweaked this bit and all oh, that midwife was in a better mood and oh, maybe this and maybe that, like could have been so different. Could have been so different. Oh, ab- but that's absolutely. Why I say, not in the event so much. It's in the, what did you think about it? How did you respond to it? All of that. Mm. I think that's so powerful because I know As a health professional, like a lot of what you're saying is, I absolutely agree with it. And I look and I reflect and think, oh, I could do it better still because it's something that, hence why I've enrolled in your course for birth workers. (laughs) Um, So it is one of those things where it's like, even if you think as a health professional, you do it well, you can always do it better by learning from someone who is an expert in the area that can actually change, even as a health worker, how we think about supporting women and how even how we think about readdressing the questions and subsequent antenatal visits and subsequent pregnancies. You know, when I ask people about their previous pregnancies and births, after reading what you do and hearing what you do, and I'm 100% positive once I finish the course, I'm absolutely going to potentially change the whole way I frame my discussions around previous births with regards to that. Because there's no way I'm going to tick a box and say, did your birth go pear-shaped? Was it traumatic? Yes, thank you. It's going to like, I didn't do that before anyway. I'm just using a terrible example. (laughs) Um, But you know, like how I frame my questions around that will be different because I need to drill it more back to exactly like you say, how did you feel about it? Not even about what happened in the birth, you know, how did you come away feeling about the birth itself. So I think that there's so much more people can learn from you across the birth space. This is just like the little tip of the iceberg as far as that goes. Mm, Potentially, potentially. We're very early days with all of this stuff, like for people to even recognize that birth trauma is a thing. So early days. That's right. You keep spreading the good word and I'll be helping you with your quotes all <laughs> everywhere I go. So I could ask you a hundred thousand more questions and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to need to get you back on like in a month or two, because no doubt I'm going to put this episode on air and I'm going to get all these people messaging me all these questions and I'm going to be like, oh, I should have asked that. And I'm going to, again, same thing, finish your course and go, oh my gosh, I totally missed a whole thing we should have talked about. So 
I do have to wrap it up. Otherwise we will be here all day. And one thing I want to do also is I do it with all my guests on the show. I ask them what their top three quick tips for navigating their motherhood journey is, because I always think it's so interesting for mums listening to hear, because often they're things that everyone kind of suggests the same similar thing. So it's really awesome to hear little tidbits from different people. So what would your top three tips be for navigating the motherhood journey? Hmm. I think my number one would be breath because breath is always with you from the moment you're born to the moment you die. And if you can get that right, that will set you up for life with tantrums and toilet training and just managing your own stuff. Motherhood life in general. (laughs) So yeah, I think even though everyone thinks they know how to take a breath properly, most of us don't or we get into bad habits. So breath, I would say give your mother's group a chance. However, if you don't walk away from that group feeling good about yourself, empowered, that you've had a good laugh and you feel restricted rather than expanded, then you're in the wrong group. Find another one, whether that's another mother's group or you go and try mum and bub yoga class or go and do something because the village is is not going to come to you. And I know a lot of that stuff is online now, but finding someone, at least a couple of people who are on the same wavelength and make you feel good and don't make you feel judged and like, oh my God, am I the worst mother in the world? What am I doing? That is so important because yeah, you need these people in your life. Otherwise you're going to be in isolation because people forget too. This is the other thing. You can ask someone else, but they're like, oh, when does this three month whatever thing stop happening? You're like, oh, I don't remember. And you think, how can people not remember? This it's like, is like it just stops. Yeah, it just stops. Like you say, you forget about all these things, but until you're going through it at the same time as someone. Yeah, and I think so that shared experience without comparison, without judgment, super, 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 super important. And I suppose for me, the one I have lent into is this children in the mirror effect, as I like to call it. So children will mirror, as in they will reflect back at you, all your dark, icky, yucky shadow stuff that you don't want to acknowledge about yourself, (laughs) that you don't want to deal with and you don't want to work on. So being mindful of that, that sometimes children will bring out the absolute like demon mother in you and that that's normal. It's a neuron kind of effect of, I won't get into it too much kind of stuff, but it's stuff reflecting back at you often to do with your unmet needs. I'm big on people like thinking, okay, when you're having a big reaction to something, go back to what's the need that I have that's not being met. And yeah, children are amazing triggers for that. (laughs) Especially like you say, that mirror effect of, they reflect, like you say, that the things that potentially you don't like about yourself the most, but especially like toddlers and things, they have a great way of throwing back at you exactly what you've done. And you think, oh, that was a little bit of me. (laughs) I can't really get too angry because that is me. (laughs) Yep. So they'll also show you the good things that you're doing and the effect, well, not so much the good, the effective things that you're doing. But I think, yeah, wherever there are unmet needs, wherever there are kind of shadowy, as I say, icky stuff about yourself lurking around and you think, oh, I don't need to deal with that. I just won't. No one ever needs to know about that. Your children will bring it out of you, guarantee. (laughs) So there's an opportunity there, a teaching opportunity for yourself. 
Absolutely. No, I like that one. No one's actually said that one on one of my shows. So that is like a unique tip that no one's mentioned that I'm nodding away going, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> they absolutely do. <laughs> you so go away is... and look in your mirror. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, those are super, super helpful. Little things for people to think of. I always like to end it on like, you know, three things for people to think of because often they just, it takes them out of where they are and they think, oh, okay, I agree with that or I hadn't thought of that or I could implement that and things like that. So thank you. That was awesome. Oh, I could keep going, like I've said, but I thank you so much for joining me today. Um, chatting to you has been super informative and I'm sure everyone listening would have taken so much from it. And, and I don't just mean women who are listening who have experienced any kind of birth trauma, but also people who are listening that haven't themselves experienced birth trauma, but it gives them that insight into understanding whether it's a friend or a sister or, you know, even their own mother or people around them that potentially have experienced birth trauma and for them who haven't not being able to understand how to help or what that looks like or why it's occurring. So people are yeah, absolutely going to be getting some absolute gold nuggets from this interview today. So I'm super thankful. So Erin, where do people find you online to get more information about you and like follow what you're doing? I would say the main place I hang out now because, you know, limited time and energy and resources and all of that. I'm mostly on Instagram. That's usually where I hang out. So that's Dr. Erin Bell. I love it. So Instagram is, again, much an easier place to put things up with lack of time and energy and sleep sometimes and all of those other things that we have. But I do highly recommend that you people that you should definitely jump on and follow Erin. There's some really good stuff that she posts. Like I say, I've been following for a while and I find it super helpful myself. So I definitely recommend, and I'll put up a link to when this episode goes to air with the details and I'll, you know, have it in there flagged for you guys to jump on and click through to have a look at Erin's page too and start following. Thank you so much for joining me today. It has been amazing. And I want to, again, thank you for the work you're doing in this space because everyone needs to hear what you have to say. Wow, that's, <laughs> don't um, elevate my ego too much. <laughs> She's like, stop, I can't, I can't. Okay, on. I'll go back to my children in a minute and they will humble me with their Absolutely. Like... <laughs> Someone will do something that you'll think, yep, this is real life. Thanks, Tash, but this is real life yeah. now. I'm back to just being mum. And everyone listening, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. And don't forget to jump online, share your thoughts, you know, share this with other new mums that you know that might also get some helpful, you know, insight and to the area of birth trauma and things as well. So I want to thank everyone for listening in. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Welcome to Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves. I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take-home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.